Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Irish NFL Show in partnership with Pundit Arena. Happy Friday. This was going out on the Friday. Delighted to be joined with the usual team and a special guest today from the Cleveland Browns. A big weekend ahead for this man. Ted Davis, welcome to the show, Ted. Oh, man. Um, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be on the show. Ted, I ask every person this question first on the show now, so I'm going to ask you as well. Have you any Irish heritage? Have you ever been to Ireland? Do you like Ireland? I mean, have you have you any affinity to this island? Um, no, I have never been to Ireland. Um, the accent is pretty cool, though I must say. Um, but <laughs> I think it'll definitely be a pretty cool place to eventually visit, though. Yeah, well, you'll have to you'll have to come over. You you'll have four tour guides now. Uh, whenever you come to to visit uh, this little green island, here, we'll be delighted to uh, to show you around. Um, as Michael said, thanks for taking the time to, to chat to us. I suppose one of the things that um, is always interesting to, to hear from a player in the league is about the transition from college to the pro game. I mean, from the outside, look, we, we get to see the draft and we get to see what players are, are, are like in college and moving in. But obviously, there's a lot more to it in terms of what goes on behind the scenes. What can you talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, that transition from college to, to the pros? Um, yeah, I got you. Um, I mean, the transition, um, I mean, me for personally, and I'm sure it's, you know, the same for a lot of guys. Um, in some ways, it was easy. But then in some ways, it was, you know, definitely challenging. Um, it was, I say it was pretty easy from just a standpoint of um, the college coaches that I had my senior year, um, they were all, they all had um, some sort of NFL background, whether they were playing or like coaching or knew someone that was closer than that was coaching in the NFL. So our whole setup was kind of based off that and like how, you know, the league would treat their players and different things like that. And um, at the time, Brandon Staley, who is now the head defensive coordinator at the um, Rams, he was our defensive coach before he left and went to Chicago to become linebackers coach there. But um, just a short time with him. Um, I learned a lot in terms of like, you know, how they install, like how they um, go about business and everything. And um, I say that that's a, a big piece of actually why I was able to kind of transition um, into the league um, as easy as I, you know, I did. Um, in some ways that I say that it was hard was just developing your routine. I mean, you know, in college, like you have school, you have like study hall, like you have your set schedule pretty much. So you pretty much know what you're going to do, but um now, you know, there's no school, um, you know, there's no one telling you to watch film or, you know, go do this, go put in the extra work and all of the like those things. So for me, the biggest thing was trying to figure out what worked for me and what didn't work and just kind of develop my routine. And I um, and, you know, for me and as well as a lot of guys, um, I just kind of picked a couple of like, you know, veterans that I really looked up to as time went on and kind of just see how they went and carry on without their day, what they did within like their off day and just kind of kind of pick and choose and kind of make my own routine in terms of what worked best for me. Hey, speaking of veterans, um, I'm a Giants fan, so very interested to know about your experience with Eli Manning. How was he in the locker room? What was he like uh, as a teammate? No, oh, man, Eli was great, man. Um, I definitely, he was actually, um, when I first got to New York, uh, he was the first player that I met, actually, which was pretty cool. He was in the equipment room and um, he introduced himself and knew a little bit about me um, beforehand, which was pretty, which again was like pretty cool. I mean, that's a big deal for me, for sure. You know, having Eli man and kind of know who you are in a way. Um, but no, Eli was a great, you know, was a great player, um, great teammate, and just a, you know, even better man off the field as well. And someone that you could definitely look up to. 
Tay, you uh, got picked up by the Browns in October 19 and obviously played with them last year, played with them this year. Like this year, massive year for Cleveland. 11 wins, first time back to the playoffs in 18 years. You know, we as fans can see the emotion from Baker Mayfield at the end of the game last week, the great radio call by Jim Donovan really expressing. I know the dog pound is going mad, but what's it like you for you as a player in the, the eye of the storm of all of this? Are you feeling some of that? Um, yeah, man, most definitely. Um, you know, for one, for me, um, individually, this is my first time, you know, making it to the playoffs. And the first thing that, you know, you kind of hear from guys once you get in the league is never take winning for granted and just how hard it is to even make it to the playoffs. And, you know, there's guys that, you know, are six, seven years in that has never made it to the playoffs. So I just feel very fortunate to be able to make it, you know, within my third year. And, you know, it's not a better feeling than doing it for a city like Cleveland. And, you know, as many people know that you know, Cleveland over the years hasn't been, you know, good. And it just feels good to kind of be a part of um, this transition and just like changing the culture around and like having um, the city of Cleveland be proud to call themselves a Browns fan again. Yes, sir. And as as the lads have actually, you know, really talked about it there, huge week for the city of Cleveland, huge week for the Browns Day. As somebody in that locker room, what is the difference uh, this year in regards to last year, do you think? What has really stemmed you guys on to get into the playoffs for the first time since 2002? Um, I wouldn't say there's not much of a big difference. Um, I just think guys are, you know, like the team is pretty much the same as last year. You know, there's a few key pieces that, you know, that have been added or left. But just for like the main focal point of the foundation that uh, it's still the same, you know, and all the guys kind of know each other. And we just just grew closer as a team. And, you know, a big thing this year is, you know, no matter what, you know, we're going to keep playing and we're going to have each other back. And I definitely think that's what um, kind of got us through this year. And I suppose, Tay, we're, we're coming up to the playoffs, you know, the, the business end of the, the season. For players, is is this week, is the week leading up to a playoff game different to uh, a regular season week in any way? Um, I don't think there's no difference. I mean, just the only difference you can, you know, you can pretty much say that, you know, it's not hard to recognize is um, next week isn't guaranteed, you know. So, you know, this week everyone's taking it you know, doing the same thing as, you know, it would do treat it as a regular season game, but we just know that the, um, the um, reward is much bigger right now. Um, you win, you know, you get the right to move on to the next um, round, but if you lose, you know, your season ends. So, I mean, that's pretty much like the only difference as of right now. And um, how, how is the morale in the camp? You've had a difficult few weeks between players testing positive for COVID and now obviously Kevin Savansky, a head coach, is obviously not going to be available to weekends. Is the morale, I suppose, everything focuses still on the game and not so much everything that's happening outside? Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's very unfortunate, you know, that um, COVID is right now is kind of working its way throughout the team. Uh, but the main point is still the main point. Um, it's still the main focus, and that's um, what are we going to do to um, be able to win this football game? Um, if we have to have guys step up and play, you know, that's what we're going to do. But at the end of the day, you know, we're looking and headed um, to go try to win the ball game. And on that tell you, obviously this weekend you're playing the Steelers again, mm -hmm. not only in back-to-back -back weeks, but like three times this year. I mean, as a player, with all the film you have to watch and stuff you have to prepare, prepare for, I mean, does that help or hurt at this time? Like, is it a case that there's no surprises or is it a case of, hey, we have to double down even harder to, to, to try to find the, the, you know, the chink in their armor, if you like? I think they just kind of based off of like, you know, 
just a person by person type deal. Um, I know for me, um, I won't say that it's like, you know, it's not a bad thing or a good thing. You know, it's a familiar point, opponent, you know, not only that, you know, a robbery opponent. So it's, man, it's very exciting. Like you feel like, you know, you, you've seen everything. Um, but, you know, I feel like both teams, you know, knows like you have to be expected for anything at this point just because of um, how many times we've played each other this season. Hey, I'm not personally aware if you've stepped onto the field in London yet myself, so please correct me if I'm wrong, but what's your thoughts on the growth of the NFL of the NFL on international shores? Obviously now looking very likely like an additional game and once COVID is over, you could be playing games in China on a Saturday night our time or who knows in London or whatever but do, do you think it's cool as a player maybe traveling from the east coast over to the UK do, is it a daunting prospect or, or 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 do you think it's exciting um no I think it's definitely exciting I mean um you know it's kind of good to kind of you know spread the love and then spread the game of football to other countries as well and um it's just another thing that can kind of bring everyone together so I definitely think it's, it, it is pretty cool I haven't been able to um, have a chance to be able to play you know overseas or out the country yet but it was definitely something um, I hope to at least experience once. Um, Tay, I suppose one of the, the things, obviously, that's that's key in, in any locker room and, and in a locker room where, you know, you have 11 wins is the, the chemistry amongst the, the team and the way that the team comes to together. Um, I know when we talked to, to Shelby previously about that locker room in Denver, there's usually, you know, kind of somebody who, uh, you know, is a bit of a... A, a prankster or tells the the jokes or is the guy who chooses the the music um for in the in that browns locker room who is the who who's the the guy who tends to bring the party to the the locker room <laughs> um i mean it's kind of tough to say we definitely got a lot of guys on here that can um definitely bring your day up so i mean it's pretty tough to kind of pinpoint um just one guy and then i think that's the best part about this team um everyone is you know pretty close Pretty, um, pretty uh, tight knit in a close group. So, you know, we're all feel comfortable kind of joking around with each other, picking each other up. If we see, you know, a guy's having, you know, a bad day or something, um, we're all, you know, reaching out and trying to make him just kind of bring him along and make sure he's having a better day. So, I mean, it, it is kind of tough to kind of pinpoint on one guy. Hey, just want to revisit your time to joints. And you started off, you know, started off well. Things seem to be going well for a sec. Of your career and Carson Wentz in Philadelphia, um, that's a big rivalry. And uh, were you surprised that your time there was cut short? It seemed to be coming along. The fans were noticing, you know, what you were doing in the games, and then all of a sudden you were waived and you moved on obviously to Cleveland. Um, yeah, I mean, at the time, I definitely thought um, that I was going to be in um, New York for a while. Um, you know, when I first signed with them, the first thing you know I thought of, and you know, what everyone told me, just you know, there's the history and the type of um, organization um, the New York Giants was, and I was proud to, you know, be a part of it. Um, but, you know, like they always say, you know, the business side, you know, it's business. So, I mean, you know, there's definitely no hard feelings there. Um, and, you know, they did what they thought was best for, you know, the organization. Um, but I'm very happy to be here in Cleveland um, and very thankful for them for giving me um, a shot to be able to showcase my talent. Tay, um you know, out of all the players in America that play high school football on their senior team, only 5% of them ever go on to play in college. And out of all the players that play in college, only 1.6% of them ever play even one snap professionally. So you've already beaten the odds by a long shot to be playing the, you know, in the NFL professionally, 
you know, dedica- uh, testament to the dedication, the hard work, obviously, you've put in personally and your family obviously supporting you through all that as well. I'm just curious, though, I mean, you obviously were with the Giants, you're with the Browns. I mean, to us, you're living the life. We're going to be watching the games on Saturday with a beer, maybe some chocolate, you know, kicking back on the couch and going, oh, yeah, that, that looks great. And you're going to be there busting your ass, sprinting up and down that pitch, you know, covering on special teams, you know, playing a few snaps on defense. Like, tell tell us about, you know, are you really living the life or is it just a constant struggle and you're fighting every step of the way in relation to this? How are you finding it? Um, I mean, it definitely has its pros and cons. I mean, the you know, the pros is, you know, you're living your dream. You're doing um, what everyone, you know, anyone in the world would kill to be able to do. Um, you're part of that 1%. Um, so it's, you know, it's definitely a blessing and it's something that you definitely don't take for granted. Um, but, you know, it definitely comes with some sacrifices as well. And, you know, those sacrifices are, you know, just family time or, you know, with your significant other. Um, and especially this year alone, you know, with COVID and, you know, that you're not being able to travel and, you know, get to see your loved ones, um, you know, be able to hang out with friends and everything like that. So um, it, it's very, um, it's very demanding. Um, and it's not just like, you know, at one point in the year, you know, in all season, you still have to make sure you maintain your shape and maintain a certain um, conditioning, you know, just to be ready. Um, so, I mean, it just, it definitely, um, because it's, you know, the sacrifice, which you, you know, sometimes have to make, um, but, you know, it's what you signed up for, you know, you knew what, um, you were getting yourself into at the same time. So, I mean, it's one of those, it's one of those deals, but, you know, just going back to like times where you'd be you're able to make the playoffs this year, it just kind of makes those, all those, um, sacrifices worth it because you're kind of able to, um, be able, you know, chase your dream and ultimately, um, have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Talking about the sorry, go ahead, No, just in terms of I just um, while while you were you were talking and, and about your blessings and, and and the impact of COVID, I know that is something you know that has impacted on on you personally, and you rec- you were somebody who recognizes you know your 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 blessings and you you've given back. Maybe you know for people watching this in in Ireland, um, can you t- talk to us a little bit about like the the off the field work that you did? I know you bought uh, you know you you paid for a whole load of meals in, in your community. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Um yes. Um so when the when COVID first started like striking and it was um it looked like it was just you know almost like the end of the world. Um and you know everything started to shut down. I had um two two of my great aunts and a great uncle who um came down with COVID um, and it was just, it was very scary for them. Um, you know, there was definitely times where I thought that they weren't gonna make it. And, you know, at the time um, I was nowhere near home. I was actually in Illinois staying with my girlfriend at the time um, because that's where I was at uh, once the state of Illinois shut down. So I couldn't get really get back home. Um, so I was, you know, up there and just kind of scared. I didn't know what to really, um, to think, um, what uh, to kind of, what emotion to kind of, you know, show it was just, you know, it's an emotional roller coaster. Um, and and I remember just talking with Alice, you know, and, and just talking about like I want to be able to help or be able to give up, um, give back. But I just didn't know, you know, where exactly to. Um, and then I started thinking about my grandmother, um, who's like, you know, she's back home in Alabama with uh, my mom and brothers and sisters and stuff. Um, they were able to kind of get out and get her groceries and um, the necessities um, that she need, you know, for everyday life. So she wouldn't really have to worry about the crowd and stuff and kind of get out and risk, you know, getting COVID. And I uh, started thinking about um, like other elderly people who 
you know, may not have someone as close to them or, you know, able to kind of get out and just deal with like the mass crowd in terms of, you know, the chaotic, you know, deal that was going on at the time. Um, so that's how we came up. Um, we ended up finding Meals on Wheels and we looked at, you know, like their motto and like, you know, what they were for and it aligned with what I kind of wanted to do. So I ended up um, paying for uh, 500 meals for them to distribute um, throughout America for uh, in the areas that was like most impacted by COVID for the elderly. Today, I think that's the one, it's, and we, we sort of say this in shows um, in April, March, May time, I guess. It's the one experience that we unfortunately all share and it has been this pandemic. It's, it's just been a crazy year and I guess it's been great to see the NFL get through the season now. And let's, I, I know we've talked about week 17 a little bit, but like for me sitting on Sunday night, say, uh, watching, I was, well, I was watching Red Zone, but watching that last two or three minutes against the Steelers, what was the feeling like when when you guys broke the hump and done that for the first time in what eighteen nineteen years? You know what was that initial feeling like? Because you've seen you've seen the videos. I've seen Joe Thomas, obviously a legendary Cleveland Brown now at this point. The excitement he had on just online, but it must have been an amazing it must have been an amazing feeling being at stadium on Sunday. Yeah, man, it's definitely it's a feeling I will never forget, man. I just remember the um, I just remember watching Baker taking the knee. And watching the clock go, you know, hit zero and just hearing all the fans screaming and, you know, and cheering. Um, it gave me chill bumps um, just because um, I, I know the city of Cleveland. Um, they've been, you know, working their butts off, been working their butts off and um, being faithful to the um, Cleveland Browns in terms of cheering for them. And, you know, I was just so happy for them. But I was also happy for guys like Joel, you know, Patano, Antonio, that, um, you know, guys like him, he spent, um, I believe, seven years, all seven years with Cleveland. And, you know, this is his first time making the playoffs. So it was like bittersweet, you know, it was very sweet for guys like that, you know, and I hate that, you know, he uh, ended up testing positive for COVID and won't be able to play in his first playoff game, you know, and it's a devastating thing. But it was just seeing guys like that in the locker room and just like the fans cheering and leaving the stadium and seeing how the fans were staying, still cheering and stuff. It was it was a great feeling. And I just wish um, times were a little bit different. So, you know, we would all be able to kind of get together and just enjoy it as, you know, as one. Tay, I mean, just just want to say fair play to you for the contribution you're putting back into the community and, you know, helping people in need during the, these times of um, strife, if you like, and everything. It's a very honourable thing to do. But, you know, I'm going to ask you another boring football question, if you don't mind, because, you know, it's it's funny you're talking about the, um, the Browns there and obviously what you've achieved this far this season. Your quarterback, Baker Mayfield, obviously he becomes a lightning rod for criticism and positivity and criticism, positivity. And you've seen a little bit of that possibly in New York with Eli, obviously, in the, you know, his final year as well. Just give us a bit of an insight as to what he's like as a teammate and, and how you find him maybe in comparison to Eli and the like. Um, and I love Baker. Um, you know, the first thing you see, you know, he's just a guy that, you know, he wants to win and that passion screams from him. And, you know, I know he catches a lot of heat, but uh, Baker's his biggest critic. Um, you know, he's very hard on himself. He's very demanding of himself. Um, and, you know, to see him having the year that he's having, like, um, I'm excited for him. And, you know, it's it's long overdue. Like, I'm, I'm happy for him. Um, you know, a lot of people have counted him out, but, you know, this team hasn't. Uh, we've been behind six um, every step of the way, and we don't continue to ride behind him. Um, he's, you know, a great leader, great, you know, teammate. You know, he's always, you know, he's going to joke around and kind of get you laughing and, get, you know, get the mood to be light. But when it's time to work, it's time to work. So, you know, he's definitely that type of guy. And then you can kind of 
you can compare that also to Eli. You know, Eli, what a lot of people may not realize is like, you know, he's a little jokes. He'll tell you a few jokes on the side, little dad jokes and different things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, he's a true professional. And um, when it's time to work, you know, he's going to be working and um, locked in. Hey, um, look, obviously we're, you know, playoff game this, uh, this weekend. Um, you talked earlier about like, you know, the living, living the dream in, in many respects. When you were growing up watching football, who were the, the players that, that you particularly, uh, you know, liked uh, that, that you really enjoyed watching? Um, um, so for me, I'm from um, Alabama, so we didn't have an NFL team at the time. So the closest team would be the Falcons. Um, but, um, you know, where I grew up, we were, it wasn't so much NFL, it was more college, and it came down to, you know, Alabama and Auburn. So I was a huge Alabama fan. It was like, that's who I pretty much devoted, like, you know, all my eyes to, um, you know, from Glenn Coffey to uh, Mark Ingram, you know, Trent Richardson, London McLean, like all those guys, like, those are the guys I looked up to. And, you know, as they went on to the league and different things like that, those, um, those guys, I would keep up with their career, but I never really... Um, kind of pinpointed, you know, like an NFL team as my favorite just because I was so wrapped up in, like, you know, the, the typical Alabama and Auburn um, type deal. But um, as I got older in high school and I started to play safety, um, a guy that I really watched a lot was um, Cam Chancellor. Um, you know, I just felt myself being kind of like a bigger type safety. And, I, you know, everything that I did, I, you know, wanted to be like him. Um I, you know, wanted to, you know, stop hearing guys, you know, being a bigger safety and uh, just be able to move like him and you know, just just kind of be Cam Chancellor. Like, that was the guy, like, I watched. I found myself watching a lot. Hey, look, man, we have a lot of, uh, not going to lie, there's a lot of Steelers fans in Ireland. Obviously, the Steelers have the, obviously, with the Rooney family, a lot of Irish heritage. But there's a lot of Browns fans in Ireland as well. you got uh, the Irish dogs, the two green Browns, and also in the UK, Paul Brown. Huge Browns fan. So we, we want to thank you for coming on and wish you the very best of luck this weekend. Hopefully, if you go on, uh, look, I tell you what, if you get to the Super Bowl, you're, you'll have to come on before the Super Bowl for us and, and maybe tell us a few secrets to the uh, to, to the to, to the AFC Championship game. But it's been a pleasure, Tay, and uh, we definitely appreciate it, man. Oh, no, man. Thank you for having me. Yes. Best of luck the weekend. I oh, know, man. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Tay. Thanks, Tay.